0: Hello everyone, welcome to the City Leaders Podcast. I'm Mike Decker, and joining me in the studio today really is more than a city leader. In my opinion, he's a city legend, and that's a Mr. Fran Ursini. Fran, welcome. Thank you. Do you feel like a legend? Yes, because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the purpose of this podcast, for those of you who might be t- tuning in for the first time, is uh, my goal is really Several. One is I want people to, for those who are local and who are part of Orange County and particularly Costa Mesa, I want to introduce you to to individuals who I consider to be shareholders, uh, men and women who really have uh, given their life to the city to make it uh, kind of who we are. And so The hope is that you can meet them and maybe even glean some principles that you might wanna apply in your own life. And then really for those of you tuning in from outside of the area, outside of the state, and some of you are even tuning in from Canada, I know. Again, the hope is is that as you listen to these, these conversations, as you watch them on video, if you're tuning in that way, is that maybe you'll just, again, Grab a couple of principles that you can apply, and hopefully it'll it'll stimulate you to invest in your own local community. So today, as I mentioned already, we are joined by Fran Ursini, and and Fran, we're going to go back. I want to go back in time um, because uh, pr- part of this is just me getting to know you a little bit better. I've, okay, I've as we've talked a little bit, uh, I've watched you, and we've we've interacted uh, casually. I think. Uh, and somewhat professionally over the last 20 years. But for, for today, kind of in present day context, uh, why don't you just share with our, our viewers, our listeners, um, you're in the restaurant business. Correct. Um, kind of what, what you do, uh, what's kind of your deal right now?
1: Well, we, uh, I've been in the restaurant business uh, at Newport Rib Company. I started it 35 years ago. Okay. And. Uh, at that time i was working every day and hustling real well uh, and uh, then i had a son john ursini who's running it now and he came into the business and uh, he i think he brought it to another level i mean i worked hard but uh, they use all the modern technology now to help the business go along and uh, i work with him now he's my boss okay and, uh, i really enjoy it i'm very lucky i have three kids and they're all in the restaurant business we have another restaurant up in naples uh, island uh, in long beach and uh, my other son runs that and things are going good but we work hard and they do
0: so if you're a local uh, like many of you are tuning in newport rib company is a familiar restaurant very philanthropic and we're going to talk a little bit about just the Philanthropy and kind of you know what how you got started and maybe some of the uh, kind of the backstory to to that. But uh, I want to go, go back really even further, Fran, and, and just to kind of get, for me to give a, a context of, of your story. How did you land in Costa Mesa? Uh,
1: like were well, you born a, originally? Here, originally or? I was born in Chicago. Okay, and I lived in Chicago the first twenty five years of my life. I had great parents. Uh, immigrants from Italy okay and uh, when I was at the University of Illinois I had a sister living out here and my folks left Chicago and moved to California and at that time uh, I was uh, with my girlfriend who is now my wife and uh, we were both going to the University of Illinois but we broke up for a couple of years. Okay. And when my folks came out here, I I didn't have a house to go to, so I, I came out here, and I really liked it. And I finished my education at Chapman College, and uh, then uh, I did go back to Chicago, and I reinvented my girlfriend, and uh, about a year later we got married. Okay. <laughs> so it worked, and that was like. Well, we've been married 56 years, so you you count it. Congratulations. So um, at that time, uh, my dad was uh, playing around with a a little hamburger stand down at the beach uh, off the Newport Pier on the corner of 22nd and Oceanfront, right on the parking lot. And uh, it became kind of too much for him. And uh, he said, well, why don't you take over the hamburger stand? So I did. And I ran uh, a couple of hamburger stands down there, the corner of Twenty Second and Ocean Front, and also uh, right now that stand is called a, the other stand I ran was uh, the called the Pipeline now. Okay. And it's right on the base of the Newport Pier. My daughter worked there.
0: Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, one summer she oh, she good. worked there, so I'm familiar with Pipeline. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I really worked hard for about four months a year. <laughs> okay. And then. Uh, the seasonal you know, September would—it was yeah. really seasonable yeah.
1: back in those days, in, in the '60s, I'm talking, and the early '70s. So, uh, so uh, I worked hard and uh, took not the whole winters off, but you know, I didn't work as hard in the wintertime. And uh, I was lucky enough to make a few investments in property at the beach. Okay, and you know, if you bought anything in the '60s or '70s, I don't care what you bought, you couldn't go wrong. So that that really is what boosted me up a lot, and um, I'm lucky enough to have uh, my daughter and her husband run the pipeline, and uh, they also took over the other property and managed that. So okay. that's uh. So I like came. when
0: you were in college at the yeah. university, were you did you were you getting uh, classes taking classes in the restaurant business no. or? Okay. I never dreamed of the restaurant business. So when uh, your dad, and your folks moved out here, they yeah. just sort of started that on their own—the hamburger stand. Or no,
1: it was a was a hamburger stand there, and uh, he bought the the whole block, kind of like okay. a half block, and it was a seasonal thing. He didn't want to work too hard either, either. So. Um, uh, And I'll tell you, he paid $55,000 for the block in Newport Beach. So it's gone (laughs) up a little bit. And (laughs) the (laughs) hamburgers. So he, uh, you know, he he lives in Whittier and it was kind of a long drive.
0: So really, you know, one of my questions is in terms of your evolution of your career, what led you in the food industry uh, it seems like it was just, hey, your dad had a, had a shop and you sort of stepped into it. And did you have like a knack for it right away? I mean, to run a business, as you know, takes incredible uh, stamina and hard yeah. work. And, and I mean, did well, it just come natural for you?
1: I don't know if it came natural, but I think I've done okay. I, I'm not a cook. Uh, if you see me at the re, uh, in the back cooking, don't eat there. <laughs> but I think uh, I'm pretty good with people. And uh, that's really a big part of uh, business with your help and with the customers. And I hired kids from Newport Harbor and Costa Mesa and Corona Del Mar and uh, Estancia. I'd have 30 or 40 kids working for me every summer. Mm. And they'd come back every summer. Uh, They would return. In fact, still now, I get kids uh, we'll stop by Newport rib and say, hello. And they're not kids anymore. They're yeah, under <laughs> yeah. <in> sixties. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So it's, it's
0: really nice though. I find notes on my desk and it worked out good. So I was doing the math as you, you know, you said you were, uh, you moved out here, uh, you, after you were 25 and you mm-hmm. and Karen have been married for 56 years. Yeah. So you're the, you're an octogenarian, are you? Yes. You know, and we know age is just a number. No, um, it isn't.
1: <laughs> it, it's real.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm 80 years old. But the yeah. beauty of this, again, and, and what, what I hope you'll capture, those of you tuning in, is, uh, here's a man that is you're gonna as we're gonna hear his story more and more. You're you're still rolling up your sleeves and you're still you know adding value and and just again just want to thank you for that because. Well, Fran, that's a a phenomenal example that you're setting for all of us as we try to walk in your footsteps. Well,
1: I'm lucky enough to work with three kids that really like me, and they like me around. And working in Costa Mesa, I have people, uh, when I go places, will say, hey, thanks a lot for doing a lot for Costa Mesa. And I, I appreciate that. I don't know if they like my food or not, but I get a compliment that way. And I think that
0: really means a lot to me. So how did you, how did you, so you're Italian, right? You mentioned that. Ursini would, that's easy. That's an Mm -hmm. easy guess. Why ribs? Why not? uh, How'd you land on ribs? Okay. Um, my first location
1: was, uh, near growers ranch produce store. Um, when I, uh, was down at the beach, um, The guy that owned Growers Ranch property, uh, Rich Penjoyan, whose family still owns that property, and his son runs it now, because uh, Rich passed away at a very young age. We were partners for 15 years at where Monahan's is right now, Okay, and uh, he was a wonderful partner. I probably still would have been there, but he died of cancer, and... uh, he actually is the one that said let's do ribs because at the time tony romas was the only big place for ribs and they had a, a good location on coast It was doing well they didn't have all the other ribs like dickies mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. lucille's and all mm-hmm. that so i said okay i, I kind of was leaning toward fish so i said okay and i thought i just um put it together and then we'd sell it and make some money uh, but we were there uh, a couple of years, and then they dug the freeway, the 55 freeway in there. It, it hurt our business a little bit, but we had established a good local following, so it wasn't terrible. But then when uh, my son John wanted to come in the business, he would he would watch me go to work, and I'd have shorts on, <laughs> and he'd have to wear a suit. Mm-hmm. So he said, uh, you know, Dad, I'd like to maybe get in there with you. So um, I lived in Mesa Verde at the time, and every time I'd go home, I, the uh, Sizzler restaurant, which is yeah. our location yeah. now, property became for sale, and uh, Rich wasn't around anymore, so I moved Newport Rib to where the Sizzler was. And I, it was a good move because uh, it can support more than one family now. Yeah. So that's how I... Uh, got in the business, it's worked out well.
0: Philanthropy is, mm-hmm. is. I mean, Newport Rib Company is extremely philanthropic and we were talking earlier before we went on, on air here that how I, I became uh, chaplain with our Costa Mesa Police Department back in, in 1995. And I can remember a couple years after becoming a chaplain, we uh, started an annual barbecue every year for the 4th of July for our cops. And we still do it. We're in like mm-hmm. our 20th year, 21st year, something like that, where we serve uh, tri-tip and chicken. But I remember Kirk Bauermeister, who's a friend, a mutual friend of, of both of ours, he said, hey, Mike, we ought to um, get Newport Rib Company to come in and do, you know, baked beans and slaw and some, mm-hmm. you know, uh, cornbread and whatnot. And that was really my first kind of uh introduction to, to to Newport Rib Company. Now you fast for forward twenty years almost and clearly uh your 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 uh restaurant, your family business is is a is really a staple in in this yeah. community, large part because of your your community partnerships. And uh, where did that philanthropic kind of uh, beginning start? Can you point to anything specifically? Like, did your parents influence you? How did that How did that get going?
1: You know, when I think about it, I think my wife is uh, probably one of the big people behind that. She always was giving and giving. And uh, my kids all got that from her. I mean, I, I give, but I, I don't go overboard like they did. And now I am one of them. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that we make money from our area. You should give back to our area. We love to give to local stuff. So um, I think it's it's good. It, it, it's a good feeling, and these people support us, and I think they appreciate it too. They. they
0: no, no, I love that you know, and, and partly because that's been my own philosophy. Even as a church, some churches will, you know, support uh, missions in Africa mm-hmm. and Asia yeah. and stuff like that. But we have just chosen we're going to be local. So when we have money to give and money to share, what we love to invest in our students and at our local high schools, which I know yeah. uh, you're clearly doing on a regular basis. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about Karen. To be married fifty-six years, Correct. you know that's that's a feat that you know doesn't happen a lot. So when you go back to Chicago and you think about you know where did you first meet and what did you after you met her did you kind of know it was love at first sight that she was the one <laughs> or did it take well, you a while.
1: Uh, we went to high school together. Okay, and she was a cheerleader and I played football, and uh, we just dated all through high school. Okay and through a couple years of college and then when we went to Illinois uh, we broke up for a couple of years and I did not see her because I was here in California and uh, I got a a letter from a friend of mine that says hey would you stand up for my wedding so I said yeah so I drove back to Chicago and on the way back I just gave her a call I'd say I'll be in Chicago if you want to have a drink together let me know and uh, that's six months later, we were engaged. Wow. <laughs> it's a great story, but uh, I've known her for 65 years, wow. maybe, yeah.
0: Well, it's it's apparent, you know, we were at an event here recently, you and I both, at a trellis event. And, you know, as we were engaging after the, after the program was over and stuff, and Karen was there with you, it, it just, again, it just seemed like you guys have or have been a team um would you yeah. is that, is that an apt description yeah i
1: would say so um uh, she does a lot with our church and uh, with uh, school-aged children she loves uh sh- school-aged children she taught uh adolescents about sex education and uh She's a very sharp lady. She graduated probably one of the top four or five people at the University of Illinois. Mm. She's, and she's got a great personality.
0: I'd say she's probably the nicest person I ever met. So thank you, Karen. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you guys are a great team. And I think, you have any marriage tips for, for me? I've been married 33 years, 32 years. What would you, what's, what's been the secret for the two of you?
1: Uh, just uh, treat her right, and there's no secret. you got to like each other. That's the key.
0: <laughs> for sure. So coming from Chicago, are you a Chicago Bears fan? Not really. I'm, no. a, I'm a White Sox fan for okay. baseball, which
1: I'm not a Cub fan. And uh, when I was in Chicago, we had the Chicago Cardinals there. Oh, really? Yeah. Everybody forgets that, and I was a Cardinal fan. I
0: was a Re- uh, Rebel so you, you in football, uh, a few seasons ago, I think I might even announce, you know, announce football games for Costa Mesa High School. Uh-huh. I might even announce announced one of your last games for when you were the referee. You did that for like 50 years, right? 50 years. How did you get, how where was your start in that? Well, remember when I told you that Come
1: September 15th, I'd go down to the beach. <laughs> well, in the 60s and 70s, there was nobody there. Okay. So I, I was always uh, interested in football. I played in high school and also in junior college. And, uh, you know, I just went to sign up. And it has been a, it was a great part of my life. I got a lot of satisfaction out of it. I sure didn't do it for the money. Yeah. But I made a lot of great friends and a lot of it wonderful experiences uh met a lot of nice coaches mostly and <laughs> yeah it, it,
0: it was great i have to when i think about my own civic involvement in costa mesa you know i i can really attribute it to in part just announcing football games you know you're at the yeah. schools you're meeting school teachers you're meeting parents right you're meeting you know and you just you know you're just loving on each other. But then over time, you know, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, these friendships that you develop with, with people, they start to move up the food chain. And now suddenly they're in positions of leadership and influence and right. It just happens. And, and so I guess I would say for those of you listening or watching, if you're looking for a way, a simple way to just engage your city and to add value, serve, you know, coach, um, announce, games you know referee which is where you really kind of got your st- that's right plus
1: i i loved it i mean i i would get fired up for a big game and uh it just i just loved it and it, i a, would feel bad if we didn't do a good job was a rumor bad.
0: out there yeah. that when estancia high school would play costa mesa high school for the battle for the bell that every time mesa would <clears throat> threaten a long run that you would have your hand on the flag well. is there any truth to that
1: The truth is that I I never wanted to take those games. And the guys, uh, normally you shouldn't take a game like that. Especially even (laughs) at Estancia, I shouldn't shouldn't have taken. But I will say one time, when Jim Scott Stadium opened, uh, the guy said, why don't you take the first game there? And they assigned me to the game, and Estancia was playing somebody else. And as I walked out on the field, Gordon Bolius, I'm sure you know... Was the announcer, and he said, Oh, there's Fran Orsini, great supporter of Estancia oh, football. <laughs> and I go, Oh, God, I'm in <laughs> I'm trouble. In trouble huh? <laughs> yeah, but it
0: worked out okay. You know, to wear the white hat, yeah. which is the really the crew chief of, of a, a squad, mm. to me suggests uh, here's someone who uh, knows the rules, is has to be whether it's by choice or by nature impartial i mean you are you're you know you're the you're the person at the top of the food chain so to speak within the crew have you always been a natural leader i mean is it making the tough call is that easy for you or has that something that you've learned and developed and maybe even football refereeing has helped you
1: yeah it probably has uh the referee position probably is the easiest position to officiate you don't have that much to look for the guys on the field are the ones that really officiate the game where the referee's position gets tough is when you have to go explain a controversial Mm -hmm. call but just the officiating part of it is not hard i mean you have a few like you know forward pass not forward pass stuff like that but the guys down the fields are the ones that, and if you've got five guys that are good down the fields, probably you'll be a good referee.
0: Okay, it helps. <laughs> yeah. Well, without question, you know, I think if you were to ask people in Costa Mesa to describe you, um, you're a talker, you're fun-loving, you, you love to be around. And I would think those characteristics probably are helpful when you're talking to a coach and trying to navigate yeah. why someone called a Something. Well, you know,
1: the coaches work so hard and especially the coaches in the public leagues where they don't make too much money. They probably make a dollar an hour for mm-hmm. all the time they put in. Uh, they deserve to be treated with respect and you got to give them 100%. Yeah. And as long as you give 100%, everybody's going to make some mistakes. Yeah. But uh, they work i haven't found a coach i disliked yet hmm. and they when you get to see them off the field they're all great guys and they deserve every everything they get
0: yeah i mean you're not in it to to, to make mistakes and mess up people's right. lives right you're right. trying to add value so let's do a maybe just kind of wrap up our our conversation i want to do uh um a word association game. And maybe for a framework, you can kind of think of the family business, your restaurant business and stuff. But I'm gonna, I have five words that I just, uh, I want you to just kind of, whatever comes to your mind, kind of vamp on them. And, you know, you are, you're a wise man, Fran, and I've just have the highest respect for you. So I I just want to kind of give you a chance to unpack some of these, some of these terms. So when I, here's the first word, you ready? family family uh, you just want a word or what I think what you think just talk about
1: family is the most important thing there is I still insist that my kids come to all holidays Hmm. at our house we've had we have 30 to 40 people at our house on Christmas Eve uh Easter they all come to our house and that is from my upbringing uh when we were kids uh, my folks would have, and with our aunts and uncles and all the family would come, we'd have 20, 30 people, and we'd eat a lot of pasta. <laughs> so uh,
0: I, I still think that's, you've got to keep the family together as much as you can. Well, and, and even when you talk about, you know, your Newport Rib Company. I mean, that's the one value I just keep hearing oozing out yeah. of you. You talk about family, right? That's just, that's a culture almost.
1: Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I, it, it, it is, I think. Uh, and I, I, I we treat our help like family. Yeah. I mean, I've lent, yeah. lent them money, yeah. you know, and when they need it.
0: Okay. Here's another word, customer service. What does that mean to you?
1: Well, I mean, 98 percent of the people are great and but i you know a person pays it, it costs a lot of money to go out and eat now it's not like uh we're running a taco bell or something you know it's 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 expensive and i think we are committed to customer service we i mean we go over things with the people on catering jobs not me so much but john and laura and I, th- they, we get a lot of positive feedback on all the latest YouTube stuff or whatever the hell they have now. So yeah, <laughs> uh, they seem to think that we do fine. So,
0: do you feel like that that you know again not to keep repeating the same thing, but you just have a, a knack. My my experience with you is you've always been someone who just has an ability to treat people with respect. I'm sure you don't always agree with people. I'm sure you have opinions. But that kind of fits into this customer. Have you learned that in the business? I mean, to have a a franchise for 35 years, so to speak, and be successful at it and have a a reputation that you have, you've got to be doing something right in customer service. I I think we do
1: uh, treat people with respect. And I think when they come into Newport Rib or Naples Rib, that they feel like, it's been a good deal for them and it's a good deal for us. I mean, they, we, most people walk out with a pack, you know, goodie yeah. bag. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we try to hire, they don't have to be the best waitresses in the world, but if they're up people and know how to uh, deal with people, it, you if you're liked, people think you're a good waitress or server. Yeah. So I, I, they're nice, clean-cut kids. I think.
0: Do you? You think? You know? And maybe John and Laura, and, and maybe even Dave, or you know, could pipe in on this. But you do you spend a lot of time in assessing that when you hire people? Like, you know, are they going to add value to the the customer yeah. service experience? Yeah. It is something that you really. Yeah, look we for.
1: look for certain things in, in people. Uh, my son John and Laura both interview anybody new. So, um, and I hear them talk about the people and what they thought their strong points were. And
0: I think they do a good job. I don't do any of that anymore. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> good. So uh, here's another, we've sort of already talked about this, but I'll give you a chance to, again, think about it. Ribs, when you hear the word ribs, what do you think of?
1: Well, they're, I think the tastiest meat there is uh, if you put a good sauce on it. And I think that's really... Uh, what we have, I think we have a really good sauce. But, you know,
0: everybody's got different tastes. So, yeah. Um, Do you have, like, the secret sauce you've developed over the years? Or how did you... Co- well, yeah, we... You don't have to give it away. We're not nah, asking nah, you to give it away know, here. Nah, it's just... <laughs> you come in and get it yourself. But anyhow, uh, we all just sat around
1: the table one day and tried some different sauces. Okay. And uh, my wife had a sauce that she liked. We just Mickey Mouse it a little bit, and we... I, we get a lot of compliments on sauce. It's uh, kind of sweet, but tangy. Yeah. So, Well, I, you know, coming from Chicago, you better have yeah. a good sauce, right? Yeah, you got to represent right. the gonna, Midwest. they got some good restaurants back there.
0: <laughs> Pizza. Pizza. For pizzas, sure. Yeah, the whole thing. It's cool. Okay, last word. Uh, Costa Mesa. When you hear the term, Costa Mesa. You know,
1: I think there's a great city to live in. It's It's got the perfect climate. It's got nice theaters and art it's uh it's got high-end homes it's got middle-class homes uh it's it's uh, i think a perfect place it's near freeways uh and it's cheaper than newport (laughs) yeah
0: do you get do you get involved much in the political realm no is that is that by choice yeah I, i have you ever learned the hard way or is it no. just, I, I just wisdom? Yeah, <laughs> it's a good way of staying out of trouble. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, again, Fran, I want to again just officially say thank you well, for thank you. You know, the the Ursinis uh, are a shareholder in in this community, and if every business would uh, even just a fraction of practice, you know, what you as a family business it does. I mean, it, it really raises the the water level. And if all the water level rises, you know, all the boats rise. And yeah. and so, you know, for what it's worth from a pastor who, you know, I see on here on the 4th of July with the Kiwanis yeah. fireworks stand and you're running around and um, it's just been an honor to to be inspired by you. And I would say to, to those, uh, who are in this community? Who are interested in learning from uh, really a legend in our area about what it takes to run a good business, what it takes to be civically engaged? Fran's got time. He's he's <laughs> he's he's, he's a work. He's still working, believe it or not, but he still has time. Yeah. And um, oh. just super honored and grateful for your your contribution to our city.
1: Well, thanks for the kind words. Uh, I think my kids will carry it
0: on too. For sure, yeah. So for all of us here at Palm Harvest with our City Leaders Podcast, we're grateful for that you joined in with us today. I'm Mike Decker, signing off with my friend, Fran Ursini. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Palm Harvest Podcast. Make sure you check us out at palmharvest.com.